Hello, friends, and welcome to Sleep Tight Stories. I'd like to say hello to Riley and Vivian in Connecticut. Mommy and Daddy love you so much. Hello to Emma David in Kalamazoo. Mama is so proud of you for starting at a new school this year and for being brave and strong. She loves you very much. Hello to Annika, who is seven years old, and hello to Vanessa, who lives on Cape Cod. Happy belated birthday to Isla from Royal Oak, Michigan, who turned seven on January 3rd, and Lucas, also from Royal Oak, Michigan, who turned four on December 30th. Mama and Daddy think you guys are smart and kind, and they are so lucky to be your mom and dad. Happy belated birthday to Nora Considine in Virginia, who turned seven on January 20th. We love that you listen to our stories. Happy belated birthday to Zoe Ariel in Long Beach, California, who turned seven on January 22nd. Happy birthday, Zoe. We love you. Love Mommy, Daddy, Bugs, Bob, and Max. Happy belated birthday to Camille in Oakley, California, who turned 10 on January 22nd. Mom, Dad, and your big sister, Kiana, love you to the moon and back. Happy belated birthday to Luna, who turned 5 on January 22nd. Mommy, Daddy, Oliver, and the cats love you so much. And happy belated birthday to Ella June from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, who turned 7 on January 24th. Mom, Dad, Oliver, and Molly love you so much and are so proud of their artistic, gymnastic-loving, piano-playing girl. Happy birthday to Lucy Dowsett from Brisbane, Australia, who is turning 12 on January 25th. Happy birthday, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day. For shout-outs, birthday wishes, and a touch of extra gratitude, join us as a supporter. In addition to shout-outs, you'll enjoy exclusive stories and an ad-free listening experience. Find out more at sleeptightstories.org support. Thank you. When Bobby decided to make a time machine, he never really thought it could work. After talking to Bernice, he tinkered some more, and then, when he pushed the button, something happened. Will Bobby get to travel back in time as he told Bernice he would? Bobby's New Invention, Part 2 As Bobby's time machine gained momentum, his room seemed to come alive. His dinosaurs lined up to watch his experiment rattle and shake, as if they were cheering him on, or maybe warning him of the impending chaos. Whoa, um, steady now, machine. No need to get so out of control, Bobby muttered to himself, trying to sound braver than he felt. He pressed the buttons on the control panel, trying to stabilize his time machine, but they didn't work. 
Then he remembered that they didn't actually do anything, and he made them just for show. He started to panic a little. His time machine then, like a giant fan or a helicopter, started to rise even higher off the ground. The faster it turned, the more it would rise, and it kept going faster and faster. The posters on his walls, the periodic table, a map of the solar system, and his favorite, a giant T-Rex, fluttered wildly as if caught in an indoor tornado. Now whirling like a mini-tornado, Bobby's time machine started to spin out of control. The machine wobbled dangerously, its edges clanging against his desk, knocking over his pencil holder and scattering papers like leaves in a storm. Good thing I have my hockey helmet on. This could be a bad one, Bobby exclaimed. The machine had a mind of its own. It suddenly zoomed across the room, crashing into his bookshelf with a loud thud. Books tumbled down like dominoes, and his toy robots that were once neatly lined up were now caught in the chaos, flying off the shelf one after the other. The machine then crashed into another shelf, causing Bobby's science projects to crash to the floor. His model solar system came apart, planets rolling in every direction. The project he had worked on with Bernice for weeks now was just a jumble of stars and comets on his carpet. Bobby darted around trying to control the situation. He scrambled to save his notes and sketches from being sucked into the vortex created by the machine. He watched in dismay as it spun into his closet, sending clothes and shoes lying out like a burst piñata. Once somewhat tidy, his room looked like the aftermath of a wild science experiment gone wrong, which is exactly what happened. Then he heard the telltale sound of footsteps approaching. Bobby's heart sank. He knew that sound all too well. It was his mother. Not now, Mom, he whispered in panic, imagining her reaction to the great big mess. Just as he braced for more chaos, the doorknob turned, and he knew he had run out of time. With a deep breath, he prepared to face the music his mind racing for a plausible explanation for the chaos in his room. Bobby's mother walked in, quickly walked over to where the time machine was plugged into an extension cord, and unplugged it, causing it to fall to the floor with a loud and heavy thump. Why didn't I think of that? Bobby thought. Oh, Bobby, look at this mess. What were you thinking? You could have hurt yourself, his mother said, with a look of exasperation and, if looking closely enough, a slight smile. Mom, I had everything under control. It was just an experiment, 
and you always tell me that experiments don't always go as planned, that you have to keep trying to improve. And besides, I had my hockey helmet on. I wouldn't have gotten hurt, Bobby said, standing in the middle of a pile of papers and books. Bobby's mother surveyed the mess and, a little less angry, simply sighed. You must clean up this mess before you come for lunch. I have your favorite grilled cheese sandwich with pizza dip for you, and I left out the side of carrots. It will be ready soon, so you better get to work. Bobby's mother left the room, and once he heard her footsteps go down the stairs, he took a big breath and laughed. Well, it didn't take me back in time, but it was fun. Maybe it could be a flying machine instead. I could use it to deliver packages to Bernice, he thought, as he surveyed the damage. I hope Bernice isn't too upset about our model solar system being damaged. I'm sure we can fix it. Just then, Bobby's stomach started making noises, reminding him that lunch was soon and that he had to clean up his room before he was allowed to eat. But first, he looked in his secret, but not-so-secret cookie jar to see if there were any cookies left. There weren't. I'm going to have to run over to Bernice's house as soon as the weather is better and get some more cookies. They are super tasty, he muttered to himself. Bobby raced around his room trying to put things back to where they belonged. It felt like an impossible task. And after 15 minutes of work, which to Bobby felt like two hours, he was only half finished. He didn't like cleaning his room much. He grabbed one of his books about dinosaurs off the floor and sat on his bed. I think I better take a short break, he said to his dinosaur friends, watching him clean. I'm certainly glad you guys weren't damaged by my malfunctioning time machine. I think I will just read a little bit, Bobby said, and then I'll go down for lunch. I'm sure Mom won't let me starve if I am super hungry, especially since I started cleaning my room, at least. Bobby, like Bernice, loved reading books, especially about dinosaurs, robots, and of course, anything about science. He had lots of books about science. When he does read, he gets lost in space, not outer space, but just in his own world. Sometimes when he is reading in class, this gets him in trouble. He doesn't hear the teacher when she calls out to him, and it's not because he is making fun. It's because he just doesn't hear her. This time, he did hear something. It was a low, rumbling noise, like the sounds he used to make with a plastic hose. Like an elephant, but lower. The noise was coming in through his open window. Bobby's house was super old, and the window was hugely wide, and it opened inward like a door. I don't remember leaving my window open, he said to himself. I would be in super big trouble if I opened my window in a snowstorm. 
Then the sound got louder. And just as he was about to close the window, a really big head stuck inside. Bobby screamed. It was the head of a brontosaurus, and it was massive, almost as big as his entire window, and with a gentle, friendly expression that instantly put Bobby at ease. My time machine must have worked, Bobby said excitedly. Mom, Mom, come quick. You have to see what is in my room. Bernice won't believe this. Mom, Mom, he yelled again. Why won't she come? Unless, unless she didn't come back in time with me. That is possible, I guess. Maybe this is just a localized time transport. The brontosaurus's skin was a vibrant shade of green, and its eyes were kind and wise, large and round, with a warm, inviting twinkle. They seemed to convey understanding and curiosity, as if the dinosaur was as interested in Bobby as he was in it. Bobby walked to the brontosaurus slowly. Hello, brontosaurus, my name is Bobby. I won't hurt you, I promise. I really love dinosaurs, and I study you all the time. I like T-Rexes the most, I guess, but I am really pleased to meet you. The dinosaur didn't reply and just continued chewing the leaves in its mouth. The long neck of the brontosaurus curved gracefully, allowing its head to come down to Bobby's level. Its nostrils were big and flared, breathing out warm, damp air that smelled like fresh grass and earth after a rain. Lined with a gentle smile, the creature's mouth revealed a row of flat, non-threatening teeth, suited more for munching on leaves than anything else. This is definitely the coolest thing I have ever seen in my whole entire life, Bobby exclaimed. Then Bobby heard a great big trumpet-like sound, except it went on for a long time. Was that a fart? Did you just fart, Bronto? I can call you Bronto, right? If you mind, I will certainly call you something else. Then a smell came in the window as the brontosaurus pulled its head outside and started to walk away, the house shaking as it walked. Wow, that's a fart, all right. That's possibly the smelliest fart I have ever smelled in my whole entire life. It's a million times worse than my carrot farts, Bobby said out loud as his eyes started to water from the stinky smell. I think I need some fresh air, he said, sticking his head out the window. Whoa, whoa. Bobby's neighborhood was transformed into a lush, super green landscape. Instead of houses and roads, all he could see were dense forests of ferns, cycads, and towering conifer trees, much taller and wider than the trees he usually climbed with Bernice. Bobby grabbed his book of prehistoric plants to help him recognize what he was seeing. 
Those are giant horsetails and club mosses, he said. And there really aren't any flowers at this time, just like the book says. It's all super green colored. I wish I could call Bernice right now. Those are long-necked sauropods. Oh, and there are some theropods. So cool. Bobby grabbed his binoculars so that he could see into the distance. He saw some rivers and lakes nearby that weren't there before. Look at all the dinosaurs getting a drink of water. That angry one looks like a giant crocodile. I'm glad I am up here in my room. That must be a pterosaur, Bobby said as a dinosaur streaked by, high up in the sky. Bobby! Bobby! That's my mother's voice, Bobby thought to himself. Maybe she did come with me and is downstairs. He then heard the sound of footsteps walking up the stairs and towards his door. His mother opened the door, walked in and said, Bobby, it's lunchtime and you still haven't finished cleaning your room. Well, I can't let you starve, so come on downstairs and have your lunch. You can finish your room later. The weather is clearing, so you might be able to go see Bernice. Her papa called and said that Ethan was coming over and you guys could play in their backyard. But you need to make more progress in your room first. But mom, Bronto and the dinosaurs, Bobby said groggily, the book still in his hand. He had fallen asleep. Wait till I tell Bernice and Ethan about my trip. And that's the end of the story. Good night. Sleep tight.